Welcome to the Heroes of Reality podcast, a podcast about the game of life and the hero's journey we all experience. Let's jump in with our host, Dylan Watkins, as he introduces today's guest. Do you wish that education in the medical space could be more engaging and game-like? Well, in this podcast, I have Sam Glassenberg. He has spent his career leading teams and companies at cutting edge of video game industry. Today, his team is Level X Harnesses Video Game Technology and Cognitive Neuroscience to engage and train over 750,000 medical professionals. Before Level X, he was the CEO of the leading independent game professional publisher in Hollywood, releasing games based on popular films, including Hunter Games, Mission Impossible. Sam's also led DirectX graphics team at Microsoft, where he accepted the technical Emmy on behalf of his team for advancing the visual realism of video games across the industry. His career ran at LucasArts, creating Star Wars games for PlayStation and Xbox. Sam serves on numerous industry advisory boards and speaks internationally on video games in medicine. So without any delay, I'd like to welcome Sam. Hello. Hi. <laughs> Pleasure to have you on, Sam. Likewise. Uh, great to be here. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited to, to, to get geeky with you on, on the topics on creating game-like education for the medical industry. Um, I think it's very difficult to take a seemingly uh, an industry that usually is has a lot of emotions uh, removed from it and bring in engagement and game-like um, uh, things in it. And, I, and I'd love to really kind of kick things off. It's kind of a big jump from going from Star Wars and Mission Impossible games into the medical industry and education. Can you talk to me about kind of how you made that connection? Sure. Um, well, it's actually, it's interesting. It's come a little bit full circle because right now Level X is actually, we're, we're, we're working with NASA uh, mm -hmm. with the Translational Research Institute for Space Health mm -hmm. um, to adapt all this, you know, gaming technology for healthcare that we've created to help train astronauts to deal with uh, medical emergencies on deep space missions. So I, I guess I've gone from flying spaceships for Star Wars games on PlayStation 2. I used to work on the cutscenes, and now my team is literally making games to train astronauts for medical emergencies. Oh, wow. The fantasy becomes reality. That's very yeah. cool. In, in all sorts of interesting ways. Uh, okay, so how did I get into this yeah. medical game company? Uh, so yeah, so my, as you read, my, my background's in the video game business. Um, what's not in the bio is, well, I come from a family of doctors. So my, my grandfather was a famous doctor. My parents are both doctors, my wife, aunts, uncles. I'm the disgrace that went into video games. Mm -hmm. So the Level X was actually founded by accident. So back in 2012, my dad, he's an anesthesiologist here in Northwestern. And he goes, uh, all right, Sam, fine. You're too old to go to medical school. At least put all the gaming nonsense to good use and make me a game to train my colleagues to do a fiber optic laryngoscopy. Tricky procedure. We only do it on rare and difficult patients. Even experienced anesthesiologists may struggle with it if they haven't done enough cases. He goes, make me a game that'll teach them how to do it on their iPhones. I don't want to drag anyone to a training center. I'm busy like running a game company at the time. So out of guilt, in three weekends, I throw together like this crappy little game for him that I upload to the app store. This is before test flights. This is like, so we can, he can install it on his, so this way, like I don't have to install it on his friend's iPhones one by one. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think about it again. Two years later, he, in 2014, he called me. He goes, hey, Sam, how many people downloaded that game you made for me? I go, Dad, I don't, I don't know how many of your friends downloaded your game. I'll check for you. So I, I looked, and we had 100,000 doctors, nurses, and airway specialists worldwide who've been playing this thing. I Google it. Why did this happen? Discover, unbeknownst to me, they'd been doing efficacy studies at medical institutions all over the world that was showing it was improving physician performance all by accident. Mm. So this was, I would love to say that Level X was some grand idea I had, but no, like stumbled upon it by accident. Basically said, all right, look, clearly there is demand for this sort of thing. What if instead of it's, you know, Sam in his spare time, we actually put together a team of top video game developers, artists, yeah, engineers, designers from across the industry, team them up with hundreds of physician advisors and contributors to capture the challenges of the practice of medicine as video games. And, you know, that's level X. Super cool. So then, I mean, just one of those happy accidents as you came across, you saw the need. And, and so with it, they were able to just kind of pass around the login information for the, um, for the flight. Um, I know that's, wait, I forget what it's called. It's, you can sideload it through, for, through iPhone right back in the day. And so they yeah, just- so you, now you have the, all these tools. If you make a game, you have mm-hmm. tools that you can use to just share with the cohort of your friends. Mm-hmm. Back then, such a thing did not exist. So I had to put it in the app store in order for anyone to really access it. Otherwise, I wouldn't have done it. Like I would have yeah. oh, yeah, you've got like a dozen colleagues that want to try to do this. Here you go, right? Test flight links. You couldn't do that back then. So yeah. I put it in the app store and really never, I, I never expected more than about 25 people to ever download the thing. Mm. I think I, I don't even know what eat like I probably put like ilarynx at glassenberg.com or something in the in the you know in the itunes account sure what about let me ask you i mean going into the the medical space right it was an accident but you could tell that there was efficiencies what were some unexpected what i would call threshold guardians what were the things that you came across that you weren't expecting as a challenge uh making the switch from developing video games to developing uh efficient uh training surgeries uh for mobile app games um, threshold guardians. I would actually say I was expecting there to be a bunch of those mm-hmm. and there weren't. Oh. So I was expecting going from entertainment into healthcare mm-hmm. that, you know, I would turn the corner and there would be some like horrible, you know, constraint that I hadn't anticipated that was going to, you know, limit my business, you know, some regulatory constraint or, you know, something that, you know, I just hadn't anticipated. Um, instead, the opposite has been true. Um, I keep turning the corner mm-hmm. and discovering, or we as a co- keep turning the corner and keep discovering like one after another major challenges and gaps in healthcare that I didn't even know existed. Um, and what we discover is like the games industry in many cases have actually solved that problem a decade ago or has solutions that can be brought to bear. Um, so it's been quite the opposite. Mm. Uh, now, of course, like, you know, obviously the things that we do, you know, there, there are regulatory constraints. They undergo all sorts of medical regulatory legal review, especially if you're doing things like, you know, we have games where doctors can literally earn continuing medical education credit toward renewing their medical license. Like when you're doing these things, there's all sorts of approval processes you have to undergo, but 
coming from the games industry, that's nothing new. Like anytime you want to put a game on Xbox, you've got to go through Microsoft's TCR process. My last company did video games for Hollywood movies. When you're making the game for the Hunger Games, every actor is approving their likeness. You know, Suzanne Collins is approving the story, you know, any, any quests and missions you add to the story, you know, Mission Impossible is all approved by Bad Robot. Like we're familiar with having these approval processes as part of, you know, the approval process of, of most games. Mm. Got it. So it was more of a, a kind of a wide open space and all the difficulties you, you know, because the video game industry is, I mean, if you look at the video industry, video game industry, it's really, it's an interactive industry. It's the, it's the, it's the industry of interactions. So it allows you to, you know, make things happen versus much more passive media uh, like film um, or the, the movies industry itself. Um, so you're able to kind of just leverage a lot of the lessons learned from the video game industry over into this new space and kind of go, oh, this is just, this is uh, an old problem solved in this in this industry. Uh, you know, going along the path with what you've been solving, is there areas that you found that is your personal sweet spot of problems you like to solve? You know, is it these is it these hardcore surgery skills or is it something else specifically? Or what are the, what do you think are the areas that you like to solve the problems in? Me personally? <clears throat> the industry, the your company, level up. Oh, I mean or, yeah. okay. All across the board. Yeah. So every 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 department has its own set that they're excited about. So obviously, you know, on the 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 you know graphic side. Mm-hmm. You know, we're doing 3D computational fluid dynamics and soft body simulation on an iPhone. So really sort of pushing what the hardware is capable of doing to Mm -hmm. recreate some of the most gnarly, challenging surgical cases. Now let's take it to the complete other side, right? There are challenges in medicine where you don't see anything. You're trying to, you know, diagnose a patient with a rare disease or manage a patient, you know, with multiple comorbidities over time, you know, with drugs that have severe side effects. Mm. These are puzzle games. These are strategy games. So when we think about, let's say, like diagnosing a patient that's presenting with some really weird symptoms, we, for example, like we made a puzzle game, which we've used now, we've used that game mechanic across at least, you know, five or six different specialties where we don't just say, oh, here's your patient and here are the test results. What do you think they have? that's lame. What we do instead is we really want to challenge your reductive reasoning skills. So we create, we created, you know, using puzzle mechanics from the games industry, a game where it's a reductive reasoning puzzle. You have to, you have a limited amount of points, right, of energy that you can spend on ordering tests, asking questions. And obviously like the farther, you know, the more expensive or time consuming the test is, the more points it consumes. And the question is, how do you, so the challenge of the game is not only how do you get to the right answer, but how do you eliminate the other, what we call differential diagnoses? So how do you not only identify what the patient has, but eliminate all the other possibilities by asking the right questions and ordering the right tests in the most optimal sequence? That's a puzzle game. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When we think about things like, um, managing a patient over time, like, you know, what, you know, um, they may have multiple, like I said, they might have multiple comorbidities. They might, you know, different drugs may have different, you know, side effects or may, you know, counteract other, you know, other treatments. And so making those decisions is a strategy game. 
or a resource management game. And so we, we borrow those mechanics. And so when we think about it from a game design perspective, those are some of the most interesting challenges. Mm, that's interesting. I mean, there's a couple things that you touched on that I thought were interesting. Uh, I mean, one was you're talking about the uh, doing like, like real-time fluid dynamics kind of going on, which made me think about like, so if you like cut the wrong artery inside your game, does like it shoot out and blood start pooling everywhere? Is that is that a part of what actually oh, yes. happens? Yeah. yeah, but it's not over then, right? No. Then you need to manage the bleed. Oh, yeah, so you got to like and somehow then, put something over it. Oh, yeah, and you have to decide because there's a lot of, you know, tools at your disposal in your inventory slash arsenal. Yeah. And you need to decide like, all right, based on this bleed, am I going to use, you know, epinephrine? Am I going to use my argon plasma coagulator, a hemoclip? You may be doing a procedure. We have a game called Cardio X, which mm -hmm. we literally have a bunch of levels in there that are... It's interventional cardiology. You're playing under fluoroscopy. Mm -hmm. You're playing the entire game under x-ray. Mm -hmm. And so like the the mechanic, it's very similar to, to Doom 3. You've played Doom 3? Uh, no, it's been a, no, I, I think I haven't played that one. I played the right, Doom. So, so there's this like confounding mechanic where you either have the flashlight or the mm -hmm. gun, but you can't hold both at the same time. Just very similar to interventional cardiology, where you can see where you're going by injecting radio opaque, essentially toxic contrast agent into the heart, or you can navigate it, but you can't do both at the same time. So God. like these are some of the ways that we, you know, again, combine game mechanics in interesting ways to capture the the greatest challenges of the practice of medicine. Yeah. Yeah. So you're, you're talking about, you know, having that, that being able to, to handle the pressure of the situation by able to, by having some sort of memory of what was going on, say, inside the body. So it's almost like the, what I think of it as is because they know more of like the, um, my references might be more Simpsons related where Homer drinks the, the fluid and you can kind of see all the, the radiation stuff moving through their body and you have to memorize what goes on. Then you got to hold that in your head, then go and operate or do something. Then you got to switch back to that. So it forces you to be able to hold some sort of mental model in your head of what's exactly. going on, which stretches the boundaries of, of your knowledge and capabilities versus like a, a one-to-one, -one, you know, see my hands go inside the body um, and be able to do something. Um, uh, a mental model is a great way to put it. Yeah. And also, I remember that Simpsons reference, yeah. and that was the one where they looked at Homer under the x-ray, yeah. and they were looking at the radioactive contrast agent, and then the nurse turned to the doctor and said, we haven't injected the dye yet. Yes. yes. Thank, you. Thank you for coming with me on that one. Yes. And that, that is 100% accurate uh, in, the, in the Simpsons reference category. Uh, and so but what about, um, you're talking about some of these mechanics that are good to bring over across there, right? You talk about puzzle mechanics, right? You're talking about the, some of these other ones where you have, you have these choices, you know, risk management choices or these order of operational choices. Um, in terms of storytelling, engaging emotions, other types of characteristics, how do you bring things over from the video game industry and inject it into um, the medical industry? All right, so the best in, in many, many ways. Mm -hmm. um, We've done things, example, um, dialogue mechanics from RPGs mm. where, you know, often like that's an intriguing strategy mechanic that are employed in RPGs where you need to navigate the, ask the right questions or give the right answers to navigate the conversation in a certain direction. A lot of the challenges that doctors face clinically is how do you, you know, 
employ the right bedside manner? How do you ask questions the right way in terms of the sequence and how you phrase them in order to get the right answer that you need from the patient? Mm-hmm. You know, who might not trust you right away. Um, and so we, there's one example, right? We'll, we'll, employ, uh, we'll employ dialogue mechanics to train, you know, to create challenges where doctors have to, you know, in order to build up evidence for a certain diagnosis, um, they have to actually have a conversation with the patient using some of the same dialogue tree mechanics. Um, a lot of what we find ourselves doing is just like you do in a video game, triggering emotional response, building up frustration over time, right? The Or, you know, making sure that, for example, in our diagnosis game, because we've used it, we mentioned it before, right? In the game, we don't, we know exactly what the test result is going to be, but we in- introduce a little bit of a delay, like a few seconds, maybe even just like a second or two to build up suspense. All right, I just ordered this test. What are the results going to be? You have to wait for it. Then you get the results and then you get the rewarding sequence that shows you, oh, congratulations, you've just eliminated 15 diseases, right? Like that rewarding, I'm almost thinking like when you play Guess Who and that like rewarding sequence when you get to like knock down all the you know all the characters you've eliminated so a lot of it is like how do we use a combination of visuals timing mm-hmm. um uh, audio effects in order to really capture you know whether it's building up suspense mm-hmm. uh creating frustration when you fail creating reward when you succeed or other cues that you know we learn you know doctors specifically look for um, a classic story is like, you know, two anesthesiologists are just having a conversation in the hallway, uh, you know, down the hall from, a, you know, often operating rooms or, you know, in a sequence down a hallway. And, you know, in the room down the hallway, the pulse ox machine, right, the pitch drops, you know, the beep, 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 the pitch on that thing is actually indicating the patient's oxygen saturation. The pitch drops ever so slightly. You and I wouldn't even notice it. Two anesthesiologists having the conversation immediately both stop talking and turn their heads. Right? There are certain audiovisual cues that can trigger an emotional response, that can trigger an adrenaline rush, or you know, or attention, or you know, or fear, or reward, that are very different from what you and I might look for as muggles. And so, knowing how to capture that um, is really important when you're making games that are designed to you know, help doctors develop mental models for complex systems. And when you're talking about coming up with things that are, uh, that wouldn't be naturally um, in our realm of awareness as muggles. And how do you do, how do you do the research around that? And how do you do the QA testing around that? Like, is it different than the typical video game QA testing or what is it, what does it look like in the medical industry? Um, so, Maybe the best way to phrase this, I've never used this before, but I'm just thinking about it in response to the question. We're like any video game studio, only more so. Um, so every video game, you have a, you know, you have a design department and an engineering department and an art department and a QA department. We also have a medical department that is staffed with biomedical engineers and MDs that are full-time employees of Level X working hand in hand with the designers, the engineers, the artists to bring them up to speed on, you know, everything from like, how squishy should that be? Why does that bleed? Why does that, you know, dermatological disease look puffy? You know, what is challenging about this diagnosis? Now, remember, like those folks, medicine is very broad and very deep. 
So they're not experts in everything, but we also work with a cohort of over a hundred advisors and hundreds of more contributors that are actually doctors that we work with, you know, who are the ex who are the experts who we work with to design the games. And then they're also the ones that, you know, play them and test them before anything goes out, you know, into the public. A mm. hundred advisors. Yes. That is a, yeah, that, I mean, they're all, because remember, they represent all sorts of different specialties. So we have a bunch of dermatology, cardiology, mm. orthopedics, yeah, spine yeah. surgery, neurosurgery, neurology. Got uh, it. I, I've, I've listed a tiny fraction of... Do you want to just for high level, just so people can understand, can you just talk about a couple of maybe some of the different applications that you have, like this mobile app does this kind of thing, just so we can know that there's a suite of different ones? Oh, sure. I can... I can I can show you. I appreciate people on the podcast can't see yeah. it, but we'll describe it as we go. Yeah. Um, and if you do so, pull up video, we can always we can always zoom back. And for people that have the videos, you guys can check it out if you're on YouTube or wherever you are watching it. Um, but for the audio people, you know, sorry to say we don't have it. So I'm gonna I'll zoom out here a little bit. So great. Perfect. Perfect. So I'll 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 show you some things and we'll talk through it as we go. And it's gonna be I think the talk track on this is gonna be pretty hilarious. Um, no, it's gonna go horizontal in a second. So yeah. Okay. Then I'll I'll zoom out then. Zoom out. So all right. So 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 we say level X is like the matrix. You can't be told uh -huh. what level X is. You have to see it for yourself. So here I'm gonna demo five of the games that we actually mm -hmm. have in the app store. Mm -hmm. We do a lot more on our. We built our own cloud gaming platform for healthcare. Again, another example of game technology solving a major problem in healthcare. But we'll start with these games because. Anyone who's watching this can literally, or listening, can download any of these games from the App Store. Uh, so we'll start with GastroX because I always like to start a demo with a colonoscopy. That's solid. It's a That's good first awesome. date move. Yeah. So here in this game, we have literally dozens of cases that have been submitted. These are real cases that have been submitted by doctors all over the country. And you'll see actually some of these cases you can earn continuing medical CME credit. You can earn mm -hmm. continuing medical education credit toward renewing your medical license from playing a video game. It's awesome. Um, and so I'm just doing this on my phone. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. You can see like we're inside the colon. And this is not just, you know, a 3D model of a patient. This is a totally interactive, you know, virtual patient. So as I, as I move these tools around, you can literally watch as, you know, I'm moving around all this squishy soft tissue. Mm. Here I'm just taking my forceps, which I guess kind of look like, how would you describe that? Like a robot arm? Yeah, um, yeah it's got clamps, like kind of a clampy robot arm. Exactly, yeah. kind of Futurama-esque, right, mm -hmm. Bender? Mm -hmm. And so here I can literally just grab the tissue on the wall and Ugh. pull it toward the light, and it glows like when you hold your hand up to a flashlight. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, and so this is this is a routine polypectomy. So you need to find all the precancerous polyps that, you know, hide behind folds. Um, so I, you know, move to, use different tools to push them around. Here I've got a polyp that's out in the open. I'll go and I'll grab it. This is a hidden object game. Mm -hmm. Right. But I think about from, you know, you got these polyps that are hiding in all sorts of places. Some of them are flat here. There's one out in the open. I'll come in and grab that guy with my forceps. I guess you could describe this. It almost looks like a first person shooter. Yeah. What I'll do is I'll grab the polyp. What I don't realize is, oh, oh, God, the blood it's it's leaking. <laughs> yeah. You asked this question. Exactly. So so here the polyp is a rare scenario. The polyp embeds on a blood vessel. So uh -huh. now I've got this, I'm a meter inside the body. Uh -huh. I've just triggered this fairly substantial bleed. Um, so now you can see as I move the tissue around, the blood pools realistically, I'm spraying water. This audio track is really, I think, going to encourage people to either play the game or not play mm -hmm. the game. So yeah. here I'm spraying water to try to stop the bleed. All that does is dilute the blood. 
we need to take more drastic action. So Dylan here, we'll do, you can choose, you want argon plasma or epinephrine? Uh, I guess argon plasma. It, argon plasma. Excellent choice. This is a plasma sense. rifle, but it's real. Mm. Uh, it's a little bit smaller. I can cauterize the wound. All right, good. Excellent choice. Yeah. Objective achieved. Bleeding stopped. Now you see this sort of nasty mess of blood and water down mm -hmm. here. Mm -hmm. I can find the other four polyps, uh, but we don't have time for that. So here you can see I can just take my my argon plasma coagulator and fire mm -hmm. this beam of hot plasma into the tissue and cauterize anywhere because it's a totally interactive virtual patient until eventually you cause so much damage I just failed the case. Yeah, I, I uh, bleeding colons and then and then and then causing them to be soldered closed or it seems it just it's a uh, I mean what I like about it is it's the it's actually got a lot of uh graphically speaking it's got a lot of shine to it it's got a lot of fluidity um and i can almost feel that uh and i, I could feel because it, it could make it made myself uncomfortable to see yeah. to see the that that view um which is actually pretty it's pretty cool to see um and you weren't and, even playing right and you watch and you're like <gasps> yeah i was like in my mind i'm like this is definitely a post-lunch podcast uh for anybody watching we're gonna we're gonna make sure that you, you just probably want to wait and you had some food in you before you go and watch this but it's also something i could i could imagine the desensitization that some of the doctors might go through as well if, it, if they if they haven't really had exposure to that too much it might help with a bit of the transition into oh, the totally. space the, the first time you see that yeah on a live human being it's terrifying and so it's not just a matter of desensitization it's a matter of like you know after you've seen it a dozen times you've built your confidence mm. Right. So instead of having a stress or panic response that causes you to lock up and potentially make a mistake, instead, what we're able to do is get you in the flow state. Right. You know, the flow state, it's like this sort of it's like this supreme. You can measure it on an MRI like games, well-designed games, put gamers in the flow state where you're it's not that it's easy. It's just hard enough to keep you focused, but not too hard that it causes you to stress out or panic. And if we are, and by make, we can basically make games that put doctors in that flow state when they encounter it. And instead of having to practice on dozens of live human beings to do that, you can just practice on your phone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's definitely a, a better way to do it. Yeah, because I know when I saw the blood start to pool, I was like, "Ooh, I want to fix that. Like, yeah, like there was a bit of a panicky feel uh, when you when you when you the unexpected thing where you clamp onto it and you pull it back and then the blood starts to drop. I could, I could see that for sure. Um, but it's, it's good. I mean, but that's, I mean, that's what you want people to go through. And yeah, what you're talking about the flow state, everybody wants that flow state and we all get it in different ways. And so um, it's cool to see that doctors can do that. Ooh, you look at like you're on a fishing expedition in the background. Oh, this one, this is, so this is the Homer example. This is interventional. Oh, cardiology. nice. Thank you. Yep. So this, this is under x-ray. So here we've tricked the phone. Instead of drawing things, you know, like under visible light, like a normal video game, we've tricked it to draw everything under x-ray. Mm -hmm. So the game, the entire game is, or this, in, this sequence of levels is played under x-ray, where, you know, now you get to inject that radio opaque dye in order to see where you're going. And it's a puzzle racing game where you need to literally like choose the right tools in the right configuration in the right sequence to restore blood flow. And you're doing this all inside a live beating human heart. Oh, wow. 
Wow. So, so then, so then, yeah, yeah. So that's why it's, that's why it's pumping. So you see, the, so what people are seeing on here is you, you can see that there's an x-ray on a mobile phone and it looks like you can kind of like, there's, there's some sort of button that you're hitting that's outlining the, the, the vein path that you can take so that you can kind of navigate around the veins as you're moving around. And there seems to be a red, a location that needs attention with a red dot there, which I'm assuming, I'm assuming you're being able to zoom in on by pinching and zooming your fingers. Yep. Yeah. That's what it's, steno it's stenosis. So there's all sorts, these are all sorts of, you know, different complications you can have in the heart clots mm. and calcifications where literally just, you know, all, all, all sorts of bad things that we can treat without having to cut the patient open. But in order to do it, we've got to do some really complex navigation under x-ray. Yeah. What's the, what's the fail state? If they, if they race too hard, or they go too quickly. They just, the oh, you can, you can, you can, uh, what's called perfor. There's all sorts of things you can do. You can block blood flow to certain regions of the heart. Um, you can perforate. Literally we're doing things like we're, we're, these are called, you've ever heard of like a cardiac stent, mm -hmm. right? Literally inflating a balloon covered in a mesh inside the heart in order to, let's say, open up a blood vessel. But mm -hmm. if you place it at the wrong point here, like let's, you want me to, we can do it. Let's, let's take a covered stent. And we'll get a really long one. So we cover a bunch of side branches and I can inflate it. And then boom, I just blocked enough regions of the heart that they said, all right, now you got to stop playing. Oh. We're killing yeah. a lot of patient virtual yeah. patients on your show here. I, I yeah, No patients were harmed in the actual filming of this show, just to let you know. Uh, that's really fascinating. It reminds me of when I got, uh, I originally had my like my throat looked at. And uh, cause I didn't, I thought I might have like had a sore throat. I'm like, Oh no, is it cancer? What's going on? And I wasn't prepared for them to have that long tube that goes through your nose. That feels like you're in like a bad hentai uh, Japanese anime, like a tentacle monster. They go in through your nose and then yep. drop it in here to go look around. And you're like, ah, and that's what that I'm having flashbacks of seeing this, this, this probe like situation you've got going on here where you're having people be able to monitor it out. Is that, is that the view that they actually have with the x-ray? Of, of them moving around or is it? Oh no. So, so what you're describing is, I mean, probably like a nasal, um, yeah. a, a nasal scope or intubation. I mean, if you want, I can show you that, but I don't want to traumatize you. Oh, no, no, no. Let's, let's, let's stick with the heart one first. I, I do kind of, I'm kind of curious to check that out, but, um, but this one, is, but that's what it's reminding me of. Cause that's the only time I've had something like that shoved inside of me where they're looking around and it's a very, like, you just got to sit there and take it. That's a, that's it's a, a very other otherworldly feeling. <laughs> yeah. You're not used to doing that. You only see it in the horror films. Um, so uh, one of the questions I do have about this is, so you talked about this in terms of viewing and interactivity. And then what about the, like, the gamification mechanics in terms of motivating people to actually go through it? And is there like a progressive system in there? Is there, is there like achievements and power-ups or like, what does that, what does that look like for more of it? Yes. Yeah. So that we, we do all of that, just like games do. We have the achievements, we have mm -hmm. the leaderboards, we have all of that. But I, I really think that those are the exam. When I think about the games industry, mm -hmm. right? Like it's a misperception. Like when we talk about gamification, right? Mm -hmm. It's a word that it's one of those things where it's like the word is actually a good description of the word, but every example that we think about gamification is usually pretty lame. So we really don't like to use that word anymore. So for example, like when people think about games, they think about badges, achievements, leaderboards. Those are not like, that is the, the, the sort of most shallow layer mm -hmm. of game design, 
like I said, we, we didn't invent badges in the games industry. We stole that crap from the Girl Scouts. Um, you know, so we do, we, we do what we call like, that's the extrinsic motivation mm -hmm. where, you know, oh yeah, it's like, I'm trying to earn more badges and things like that. But, but like, there's a, um, like when you can create games that really satisfy curiosity or trigger emo that emotional response from the game itself, right? Like from capturing, let's say diagnosis, we can, you know, show the diagnosis example, but like, you know, capturing the challenge of diagnosis as a puzzle, the reward and the fun comes from the game itself, not just by adding a, you know, reward on top of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that makes a ton of sense. You're 100% you're right on that one. There's points, levels, and badges are the first things that people think of with gamification. But unless, you know, unless it's intrinsically fun and unless there's like a community of people that really like are with you on it, it, it kind of loses its luster over time. I was just curious because I was seeing this as, as a, as a, uh, I was looking to see like a complete vertical slice just in areas of, because you're showing me just the inner, like the, the the part where the person's actually going through it i was just curious beforehand if there was like a if there was there a prepping part was there an education part was there yeah, a... well the idea the part of the idea is is there an education part yes the education part comes from playing the game the, the don't kill the right. patient part well but, but like what is the best what is the best tutorial for a game right the game is the tutorial 100 percent yeah. Like when, we, when I when I get a new phone or a new car or new appliance, you never go like you never sit there and read the manual. What do you? Say? I got to play with this, yeah. right? Human beings learn through play. That's how yeah. we develop mental models, especially for complex systems. So what we want to do is we want to let you learn from playing the game. Yeah, great. Like get that surgery wrong a bunch of times and then get it right. Yeah. Right. Oh, let's okay. I'm going to try to diagnose the patient. Mm, I'm not getting it in enough turns. Then finally you do it. Then you go. Oh wait. There's a more efficient way to do this. Let me play this again and again, right? Just like, you know, three star any, you know, you play again and again to three star any Angry Birds level. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's a gamification myth, right? That's that's the if you do better in the game, you just get an extra star. But that's also useful. Yeah, and so we have things like, you know, we have leveling up, we have expertise maps, um, you know, you have like, you know, all right, how much C, how many CME credits have you earned? We have leaderboards, all sorts of things like like that in our games. But that's the that's sort of the metagame on top. Yeah. You know, the 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 real where things really get interesting is, you know, the core loop, right? Those mm -hmm. mechanics where you're really you, know, you have to think about and understand what is it that makes this challenging for a doctor? And then how do we capture that using proven game mechanics? Yeah. And, and that was the question I had with like, you know, designing, shifting from the game industry to the medical industry. Like, how do you know what you're building is something that would be enticing or believable from actual medical professionals? And that's, you talked about having a staff of medical professionals on your team to make sure that works. And then having that loop, like, you know, hear the beeping of the, of the system where it sounds like the patient's in trouble or in these other things, like all that, that to me is, is really fascinating because as, as you, as you know, um, it's, not I'm gonna say easy, but it's it's fairly straightforward to make an, an engaging game. It's actually probably harder than you think it is. It's a very it's, uh, it is it is in fact not it is not easy. Okay. The vast majority of people who try it fail. That's fair. But taking yeah. it but in in the completement of the statement, I have the it is easier to make something fun as just a game. Education is 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 
fairly easy as me just telling you what you should do and then you doing it, right? It's very difficult to make a fun educational game together. That to me is 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 much more difficult than either one of them individually. Making a making a a uh, knock it out of the park video game that 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 crushes and does millions of dollars very difficult to do, and I completely agree with you. It's more difficult to take that exact same game and say, oh, we're gonna bring we're gonna bring in the whole surgery aspect to it. So that's why I really I'm really interested around your thoughts or your your thesis around you know making this education also entertaining as as a, as, a, as a piece. Right. It's yes, it's hard, but if you get it, but when you get it right, mm -hmm. the reward is great. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're, I mean, literally, when you look at the examples I'm showing you, like you would be practicing how to diagnose these patients with real patients. You would be practicing that argon plasma coagulator on a patient. So, yes, is it hard to design these games? Is yeah. it very challenging? Are we combining the challenge of, yeah, how do you, you know, how do you develop skills and how do you make a compelling game? Yes. When you get it right, though, you get the advantage of A, it's a fun game and B, you've helped doctors really, you know, raise their skills to expert level. Yeah. And that's something you never want to hear. Right. Uh, you're, you're you've got your you've got your medical gown on. You're bent over the table and then you hear the doctor in the background go, oh, hey, this is my first time. Just just thought to let you know. And you're like that's a. That's something that you never really want to come across. So any type of training that you can you can get them prepped on before, and I think is incredible because you're right because it's either that or you know practicing cadavers or or whatnot. Um, yep. And, and, and in, the, in the example we showed, right, yeah. like um, you know where where we were doing colonoscopy, it started bleeding. I mean, I don't mean to ruin everybody's lunch, but <laughs> in case you weren't aware, like they'll practice on cadavers, but cadavers don't bleed, mm, yeah. which means the first time you actually use that device on a bleed, it's going to be on a live human being. Wow. wow. So, and it's not, and it's not out because, yeah. and this happened, this, just to be clear, this is not because doctors are lazy or doctors are malicious, quite the opposite. No. Like doctors are just not given, like in games, we have this incredible technology that we've been, you know, investing tens of billions of dollars in over three decades where we can create these unbelievably realistic environments and characters and doctors aren't given that. Mm. Um, and so that's one of the gap. That's like the major gap at level X that we're trying to close. It's, you know, how do we raise the bar from a realism perspective so that we can help doctors, you know, understand things better. And more importantly, how do we use the neuroscience of game design to, you know, hit that perfect balance of reward and frustration, challenge and skill to keep doctors in the flow state and maximize skill development and learning. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and part of that is, is making highly engaging stuff that has some sort of either positive feedback loop or has some sort of personal awarding or something that, that is, you're talking about like the, 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 the loop itself, the learning loop or the habit building loop in itself has to be pleasurable or fun or in some ways compelling. Um, and then you're talking about adding meaning on top of it of saving patients lives or, you know, uh, practicing those types of things. I was just, I was just curious around the whole thing of like, this is, you know, it's a, it's a very unique field for you guys to step into. Um, how you, are you thinking about it, right now it's on mobile. Are you taking this to other platforms as well? Or is it primarily? Yeah. So yes. So we started on mobile. Mm -hmm. Um, and more recently we actually built out your, I mean, you're familiar with cloud gaming mm -hmm. project X cloud, PlayStation Not, Now, 
I mean, I know, I know cloud gaming, like Gaikai and that, that kind of stuff. Yes, exactly. So we built the first cloud gaming platform for healthcare. So the idea is the same idea mm-hmm. of, you know, the game is not running on your phone or on your Xbox. It's running on a super high-end machine in the cloud, but then multiple people can interface with it at once. And so what that lets us do is uh, it literally multiple people can do surgery together on a virtual patient simulated in the cloud over things like Zoom or Microsoft Teams or, you know, whatever your whatever your poison might be. Here, I can show you one. Should we, should we do one yeah. of those? Yeah. Look at it. Great. All right. Cool. So here I'll... I'll um, Okay, so we'll have to talk through what people are doing. I'm going to send you a quick link in the private chat here. Sure. And just sort of, I just, I'm just sending you a web link. Just go ahead and click it. Yeah, I've clicked on it. I have it on my window over here to the side, and it's loading up. Perfect. All right, you're in. Oh, I'm in. So you see this gross knee on your computer, right? I do see the gross knee. Excellent. Okay, great. I'm going to make myself a little bit smaller. So we're both looking at... Uh, oh, I don't want to do that. We're both looking at a knee, mm-hmm. and... Um, here, what I can do is on my, I'm just using this in, you know, Chrome. So So I'm literally just, you know, grabbing a retractor. Mm. I'm placing it here over this, you know, knee that's been cut open. Um, it's fully simulated. So we can, we can actually simulate the elasticity of the skin, um, as we open this knee up, Uh, Mm. here, I'll open up the patient on the left. All right, Dylan, you open up the patient on the right. Oh, yeah, it's super gross. But think about what's <laughs> happening here. I, I'm in Chicago. Where are you? Uh, California. You're in California. Yeah. So you and me are, what, 1,000, 2,000, about 2,000 miles apart. Mm-hmm. And you and I are doing surgery together on a virtual patient that's simulated in the cloud. And notice, like, there's no app. You didn't download anything. There's no plug-in. There's nothing. You just clicked a video. Uh, or a link to a video. Mm. And now you and I here in our web browser, it also works on an iPhone or a, or an Android device. I'm not going to, if I put up a QR code, then everyone jumps in. But basically you and I can just do this procedure together. So yeah. this opens up, think about what this does, right? Now, all of a sudden we're basically taking advantage of multiplayer cloud gaming mechanics. You and I, you know, so now surgeons can train together over Zoom or Microsoft Teams or Web, whatever, WebEx. And so, especially during COVID, mm-hmm. when you know doctors used to get together for training, medical device companies would literally send their trainers and reps, you know, from clinic to clinic, operating room to operating room, to train doctors. Now, a lot of that can just happen remotely over Zoom. Mm-hmm. Why cloud gaming technology? Yeah, and I'm right now. You can see the thing, the screen rotating. I believe I'm the one rotating that by just you're rotating it, it, but you're seeing it on my computer. Yeah, yeah. I'm seeing on my screen, but I'm also seeing on 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 yours as well, which is really interesting um, to see. And then I'm assuming that you have some sort of admin controls on your side that allows you kind of control the pace or something. I control the pace. I can. um, We can, for example, have it so only I have camera control. Mm. We can also do things like with the instance, so I can limit the number of people that can access it. I can say. You know, like, let's say I'm showing you some top secret medical device that, you know, we haven't announced yet. So what I can do is I can jump on, you know, MS Teams with you or Zoom. We can go do this. And at the end, I can terminate the link so you can't access it anymore. Got it. So we're, we're building these out, you know, with like, you know, a dozen different medical device companies to help remotely train doctors how to properly use their device. And the beauty of it is it's all simulated using game tech. 
it's not just about how do you use it in the normal case. Mm -hmm. We can bring in like you saw, like the 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 colonoscopy example or the or the cardiology example. We can bring in eight lifetimes worth of you know the hardest cases that you might ever see, and just one by one we can go through them and practice together. That's awesome. And then in terms of knowing that what you're building is effective and efficient, like how do you how do you measure for yourself the efficiency or the effectiveness of the of what you're building? Oh, all sorts. So obviously we we all just sort of move outward. So within mm. the game, we can see improved performance. Mm. Right. So we can see like they're getting better. They're using the right technique. They're ordering the right tests. They're answering the questions correctly. Like they're, they're diagnosing the patient more effectively. They're choosing an optimal treatment plan that actually ma matches the published guidelines from the medical society. Great. On top of that, we also do uh, efficacy studies ourselves, as well as like our, our, our clients, um, our uh, um, academic partners. Many of our advisors will actually run efficacy studies at their institutions to just constantly be testing like, all right, not only do does can we see that someone's skills have improved, can we demonstrate transfer, that those skills actually transfer to uh, to work in real life? I mean, that was the entire reason the company got started, because I made something as a favor to my dad. And efficacy studies that they were doing on residents and medical students showed that when they went in to do the actual procedure, they were doing a better job. Mm -hmm. and failing less and doing it faster. Got it. So then you're able to actually even track the efficiency inside the game to where you can say, okay, this guy, uh, this doctor got better by say 30% and you can see that in the game and then you can see how they're actually performing inside of say um, in real life in some way, shape or form. And you can track that across the platform. So you can show from how much they use the app to them getting better in the app, to them getting better in the real world. And that shows kind of a, you know, more or less a straight line indicator of saying, okay, this is, you can tell that the, the quality or the, the performance is going up and that's the way that you can measure it. Yep. Yes. I mean, obviously like when we're, when we're doing it in a measuring, you know, translating, we're actually measuring transfer, then we're mm -hmm. doing it, you know, as part of a controlled study, but yes. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Are there any new horizons that uh, excite you? Um, whether it's uh, uh, the new industries that you're looking at or new tech or anything coming around the corner, is there anything upcoming uh, that you're particularly interested in? Oh, um, there are many, many things. Um, so I mean, look, we're, we're always exploring. I think it was getting back to the thing we talked about at the beginning, mm -hmm. right? Of like everywhere you turn the corner, there's another problem. Um, so one of the things that we've been doing lately that's I think very exciting is actually using this tech to um, close racial disparities in healthcare. Uh, so for example, let me see if I can even pull up some visuals on this, but like, um, let me see if I can do that. Yeah, here we go. So, um, I feel like so you're so, example, you're... Yeah, for example, like dermatology. So we just launched mm -hmm. a game in dermatology over mm -hmm. the summer. And one of the major problems in dermatology is, um, dermatologists struggle to recognize disease, especially rare skin disease on skin tones they don't see every day. Mm -hmm. So in games, we're very, we've gotten very good lately at creating realistic skin that looks not just realistic, but like under any lighting environment. So what we did was we basically built on top of video game skin rendering technology, a system that allows you to basically, we can generate any skin disease on skin of any color. Uh, and under any lighting environment. So you can recreate in this game, we can actually recreate everything from um, 
you know, what it looks like in the clinic under, you know, uh, you know, high quality light and a dermatoscope all the way to, you know, what this might look like over telehealth with someone trying to take a, you know, bad picture with their Android camera with the flash turned off at the yeah. wrong angle. And so what we can do is we can basically use game tech to help doctors train their brains, how to recognize skin diseases on let's say skin tones that they don't see in their clinic very often. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I was actually, uh, I was uh, really frustrated because I did go, um, I had a service that was a mobile telehealth thing and I had a skin and I was like, okay, what's going on with this? So I, I you know, I took like a, I took like a photo of it and I sent it to them and they're like, uh, you should probably just go see a dermatologist in real life. And I was just like, but I have this whole telehealth thing. And uh, I, I felt that there was a bit of a frustration because they they had a very low confidence of being able to diagnose it. Their solution was you should probably go to like uh, like a doctor doctor, which which sounds like what you're what you're allowing to make happen right now is the ability that they get the, the confidence goes up even with getting some sort of mobile lighting photo or whatever else is going on with the situation, which is um, which is really neat. How, how did you how did you come up with the dermatology section? Was that was, did someone approach you about that, or did you realize that the tech is now available um, for you to be able to service it? It's all based on demand. Mm -hmm. So essentially, I mean, the reason we launched in cardiology, for example, is we had thousands. We discovered we had thousands of cardiologists that were basically playing our pulmonology and gastroenterology game, like you know, in anticipation that we would release something in cardiology. Mm -hmm. So we basically have doctors from every major specialty that are asking for, hey, can you make games for us? Um, dermatology was a major one. Um, mm -hmm. We saw that there were a lot of acute problems that we could solve. Um, and we also <clears throat> had some advisors that were like leading expert dermatologists and also hardcore gamers, which helped. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was my question about that too. Is uh, in the industry, um, uh, I imagine that the 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 younger doctors that are more the hardcore gamers in the in the areas are much more adaptive to this technology versus maybe there might be some more seasoned doctors that have been around for a while that might be a bit hesitant or resident to actually try this technology out. Is there have you have you seen have you seen any issues with trying to get the more senior generations to be able to adapt to this technology? We really haven't. I mean, our audience skews slightly younger than the average in a given specialty. So our like audience of gastroenterologists or dermatologists is generally like slightly younger than the average for the specialty, but it's not nearly as much as you might expect. And the reason is most people who play games do not qualify themselves as gamers. So, you know, or, you know, Oh, are you a gamer? No, I'm not a gamer. Do you play Wordle? Well, yeah, I play Wordle. You play Angry Birds? Yeah, I play Angry Birds. I play, you know, I play Candy Crush. But that those aren't that's not I'm not a gamer. And so what you discover is really almost everybody is playing. And we just have to make sure that when we're designing games, we're using game mechanics that are appropriate for that target demographic. Mm. I mean, we do this in game, you know, we're doing this in, in the games industry. Oh, hey, you know, we want to build a game that targets, you know, younger men, older women. You know, based on the the target demographic, you're going to choose different game mechanics. Mm. And so we're just very careful that when one of the considerations we take into account when we're choosing the game mechanics for the games is the target demographic of the doctors that are going to be playing. Got it. Yeah. So then you're lining up, making sure that it matches based kind of what they're used to, how they're used to, whether they're playing certain types of games or whether or not that however they normally function with their phone, you can kind of match up how they normally play or how they normally use their phone to the, the skill sets required. 
in terms of yeah, and making- what's, what's what's crazy is and we haven't done these studies other people yeah. have done these studies in surgery if a doctor if a surgeon yeah. plays a you know a twitch game not like on twitch but a game on their phone or you yeah. know on their mobile that is uh that uses hand-eye coordination and then they go into surgery to do a laparoscopic procedure their import their performance improves um doctors who are you know um new doctor you know new surgeons that have a track you know that have a history of gaming perform better uh, so that's even, we're talking about games that are not designed for doctors. We're talking sure. about, you know, game, you know, consumer games yeah. are having a positive impact. Yeah. So, engagement. Yeah. That's a, that's fascinating. Yeah, it, just, it makes me just think about all the times, you know, parents all around the world are saying, you know, don't play games. It's going to make your brain want, don't do those things. And it seems that all the, so all the science, all the facts that you're saying point to actually being more engaged which actually gives you better motor controls, better focus, and the better ability to actually function at the at your, you know, uh, especially for surgeons and other other types of medical professionals. Um, I mean, th what? think about it. I I I learned. I remember uh, way more geography and history from where in the world is Carmen Sandiego. It's a great game. Than from any class I took. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We we can look. I we can almost every, you know. 12 year old in the country can name 60 Pokemon characters and, you know, give you their backstory. Can't show you where Switzerland is on the map. Yeah. Yeah. You're welcome. It's like games are very, very, very good at driving learning and skill development as an indirect consequence of play. What we're doing at level X is just making that consequence a little bit more direct. Mm, that's, that's fantastic. Well, actually on that, on that note though, for yourself, for the company, what is your Holy grail? for all of this you're, you're building all of these apps you're building this this cloud gaming thing sounds like you're going into the platform space like what for you is the holy grail um of everything that you're doing um so the vision mm -hmm. is that i say five years from now although we're getting to the point i think it's going to be quicker than that um games are just accepted as a fundamental force in accelerating the adoption curve of new techniques and new treatments and new devices in healthcare. So today, oh, I have a new technique I've developed, or I figured out a way to do that better, or I have a new medical device or a new therapeutic. I go, mm, I need doctors to develop a mental model. What today, what do I do? Oh, maybe I'll, I'll give a lecture. I'll write an article. Maybe if I'm really, oh, this is hard to understand. I might make a video about it. I may, you know, what we want is five years from now, games are accepted. Medical games are accepted as one of those fundamental forces. So today you go, oh, we, mm, that's complicated. I probably need a video for that, right? In five years, they go, you know what? Someone really, in order to understand this, you really need to play with it. We should really create a play environment. We really should create a game for this. And games just take their place. So today, when you say, well, what does Level X do? You say, well, we make games for doctors. A lot of people might raise their eyebrow at that. Like, well, what, do you, what do you mean games for doctors? Five years from now, we say, what does Level X do? We make games for doctors. And it goes, oh, yeah, of course, games for doctors. Mm. Like, that's always been a thing. When has that not been a thing, games for doctors? And so we think about, like, what is the vision that we're, like, our mission as a company is to advance the practice of medicine through play use video game tech, video game design to accelerate the adoption curve of new skills and, and uh, technologies, techniques, and medicine. What happens when we achieve that mission? 
that's you know acceptance of games uh, as a fundamental force. Mm. I love that. It, advance the practice of medicine through play. And if if that's the holy grails, really kind of have this be common, or at least commonly accepted um, in the areas of the medical practice. What's the what's the holy what's the dragon that stops you from achieving the holy grail? What's the thing that's seemingly so big to overcome? You don't know if you'll be able to do it. Or you don't know if we'll be able to do it as a society. I might have had one of those a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Right now, it's just a matter of time and resources, which is the medicine is very, very broad. And so the number of challenges that we need to capture is very, very broad. And so we're making we're making our way through it. So if you look at the app store today, we have five apps, right? Five specialties. They're closer to 20 in medicine. And even within those specialties, we're scratching the surface. In CardioX, you can do interventional card- cardiology, a little bit of diagnosis and treatment, but there's a lot of things like we're not doing open heart surgery. Um, we're not doing uh, you know electrophysiology. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of things we're not doing yet. You don't need 100% coverage, but eventually we need to make our way into every specialty. That's where the cloud gaming platform is pretty helpful mm-hmm. because we no longer need an app with a critical mass of content like you would in a game. We can start building out smaller experiences. So that's one of the reasons why in 2022 we're really going from about five specialties to probably you know, closer to 17 because we're building out these training tools where you don't need a full game. You can just hop into a you know website um, or you know have a trainer from you know your medical device company that comes in and says, all right, here, let's jump in. So by the end of 2022, you're going to have surgeons in about a dozen different specialties are going to have trained on this platform. And so now that acceptance gets accelerated. Yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense because you're doing these more of these bite-sized learnings, right? You don't need an entire textbook talking about all of anatomy. You know, you're, you're learning about one subsection for one critical problem that you want to solve that you can go in and get competence on a surgery or one other condition that allows you to kind of get that skill out in a, in a micro bite, which is, which is actually the way we learn. We don't necessarily want to try to eat the whale one, one whole bite at a time. You know, just want to, want to be able to slice it up. Well, and I'm, I'm not here. I'm not trying to replace lectures. Mm-hmm. or replace cadaver labs or replace video mm-hmm. in all of the scenarios where those are effective methods to accelerate these things great use them because it's much easier like we talked about it's much easier to make a video or give a lecture or make a slide deck than it is to make a game yeah where do you want to you know where do you want to unleash this where do you use games it's what you talked about at the beginning it's when you need to develop a mental model for a complex system mm-hmm. you really need to play with it yeah. That's where you want to. That's where you want to start pulling in, you know, the game technology and the game design. I think that's beautiful. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> John here says that it is amazing that this isn't already accepted. It's a deeper way of learning through interactions. Yeah, John, um, totally agree. But I also think that you're probably more in the gaming space, and so probably a bit more uh, uh, biased to that. But you're right. It is. It's it's something that is a it's something that you're pulled towards doing versus being shoved into it. It's not, it's not like someone saying you have to go learn this. It's something that is compelling. That makes you want to learn, to understand it, to figure it out, which is play play is play is doing something because you, you, you inherently want to do something and you're driven towards it versus being told you have to do this. This is work. And so exactly. And, and, and one of the things to think about is like the, 
a lot of it is just people don't know what's possible. Mm -hmm. You know, before before people play Gastro X, they have no idea you can actually simulate fluid dynamics and, you know, do simulated fluids and simulated, you know, squishy tissue on a phone. Actually, most people before Level X didn't, you know, until we proved it was possible. You and I just hopped on and did surgery together without, you know, without an app. Like most people don't real, unless you are, unless you really understand, unless you really have done cloud gaming and really understand how it works, you might not realize that that's possible either. So that's where we come in and we bring in this, you know, technology from games that we often and sometimes games take for granted, build on top of it, and then, you know, use that to blow people's minds. That's awesome. Um, mine has been officially blown. Is there anything else that you'd like to let people know about before you tell them how to get a hold of you? Oh, sure. I mean, we are always hiring at Level X. So, you know, in, in as much as you may have, you know, expert game designers, game developers in the audience, we are always looking for, you know, forward thinking game developers that want to use the skills that they've developed, you know, over their years or decades in the games industry and without having to compromise them, you know, still using all the, you know, the best, most cutting edge, you know, award-winning tech, apply that not just to create games for consumers, but to create games for medical professionals. So we're always hiring. Check out, you know, levelx.com, levelex.com. Um, we're hiring. <laughs> you can tell the, the demands there because you need some people to help make it happen, which is awesome. Well, you so, said, what's, what's the limitation? It's how much we can make. What limits how much we can make is like, all right, can we write the shaders? Can we design the levels? Can yeah. we create the mechanics? Like, what is the gating factor? Yeah. It's our ability to like hire the top people that can really not only make great games, but also be able to do it in a discipline that they're not familiar with. Love it. Love it. So if you are into designing games, especially in the medical industry, uh, you can go apply to uh, Level X. Um, Sam, thank you so much for your time. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, thank you for coming on the show. I appreciate your time. I appreciate you sharing. Uh, this was a very cool visual. So if you if you are listening to the podcast, I do recommend going back and watching it. Um, there's a lot of great uh, demos that Sam goes and shows off. And so if you get a chance, check it out. And if you're interested, uh, sign up for Level X to find out more. So thank you so much for your time, Sam. I appreciate you. And I'll see you on the other side. Great. Thanks, Dylan. It was great being here. Yeah. Bye now. Thank you for listening to the Heroes of Reality podcast. Check out heroesofreality.com for more episodes. While you're there, you can also take the Heroes quiz to find out what kind of hero you are. Or, if you have a great story and want to be on the podcast, tell us why your hero's journey will inspire others. Thank you for listening. See you on the other side.